Hopefully you're there in your Bibles this morning. Let's look at Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. It says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him, notice that is capital H, him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven, the heavens fled away. And there was found no place for them, and I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened, and another book was opened. I want to highlight that. We're going to be looking at that. Not just one book is open, and that's bad news for the people that are there. Okay? Which is the book of life? And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades, some of your translations say hell, that's the Greek word for hell, delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Understand that hell is a place that exists right now, but soon even hell itself will be cast into another place called the lake of fire, okay? This is the second death. Anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to understand that, God, your mercy is great, that your love is wonderful, that every day, as long as we live and, and we breathe here on earth, there's still opportunity, God, to experience your mercy and your love. But God, help us also to understand that judgment day is coming, that your son, Jesus Christ, will judge all of those who have rejected him. Help us to understand that, Lord, it will not be an opportunity to accept you, because at that point, God, time will be up. The game will be over. The scoreboard will show that, God, you have won. And anyone that is not on your team, God, will spend eternity without your son, Jesus Christ. Help us to have a revelation this morning of the gravity of that. That eternity is on the way. Help us to live, Lord, in light of eternity. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. So this is the last part of the series. This has been seven parts. And I'm not asking you to play a violin for me, but let me just tell you, I've never preached a service and a, and a, a series this long in my life, okay? So it's been, it's been seven weeks. And you know, way back at week four, I was asking the Lord, can I just kind of bring this to a close? And he's in charge. He's like, no, 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 no. Get it all. Get it all out. So, so, so this one is going to wrap things up, and it does wrap things up for God's plan. We see at this point the white throne judgment, and although it's not synonymous or in sync or necessarily contemporaneous, the white throne judgment does have in that moment another passage that we must look at, and that is the new heavens and the new earth. I want to show you that at the beginning of what John is writing here, as he receives the revelation of God, he is saying that whose face heaven and earth fled away and were no more. Did you catch that? We just read that. In fact, I, I'll take you back to it here. It says there was a there, there is a person, him who sat on it, whose face the earth and heaven fled away and was found no place for them. Understand when the white throne judgment occurs, 
it is Jesus who is going to be seated there. Heaven and earth are going to be removed. So we see that there, there is some synchronicity here. There is some in sync here of what's happening. Everything you now know about the earth and everything that you now know about heaven is going to, going to flee away. So you might be asking yourself this question, where is this going to happen? Nowhere. Who is going to be there? Everyone. Everyone who rejects Jesus Christ. And this is going to be a moment where people are not going to have a footing. They're not going to be able to make a stand for themselves because there'll be no place to stand upon. It'll be gone. And the new heavens and the new earth will come after this. And so God is going to change things up. When I speak of change and when I talk about how things are going to change, the shock that is going to come over the faces of the people when they are there is going to be great. Let me tell you why. Because up to this point, they have heard a message about Jesus the Savior. Now they're going to be seeing Jesus the Judge. To illustrate that, I'd like to tell you a story that's true. It happened in the western frontier. There was a young boy who helped his father with a harvest. And at the end of that harvest, it was his job. He was somewhere around 9 or 10. It was his job to make sure that the harvest made it into the city or the market. The father loaded up with the horse, and the horse had a carriage, and everything was put together, and the son was on his way. Something spooked the horse along the way, and as the horse began to run, without any control, the boy began to fear for his life. He began to cry out again and again and again, Help! 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 Just then, a man rode up on a horse. He came over with his horse, grabbed the reins of the boy's horse, slowed the whole entire procession down, and saved the boy's life. Fast forward 20 years later, this boy has now grown up to be a man, and he is a criminal. He is a criminal that has been caught. He has murdered several men because he's robbed several saloons in the area. He now is being brought to justice, and who does he see that is at the judge's seat but the man who saved him 20 years earlier? He now looks at this man thinking that there's still some mercy for him. In fact, he pleads to him, and he says, You know me. You know me. Years ago, you were the one that saved me. You were the one that made sure that my life was saved when I cried out. At that moment, the judge spoke from the bench, and he said, Young man, at that time, I was your savior. But at this time, I'm your judge. You have not lived a life that was worthy of my salvation. You have not received the mercy that I gave you. That was a gift. You didn't live your life into that gift. And as a result, today you will be judged. The young man went to the gallows. It will be a shock on people's face when they see that Jesus. Because they've been told about a Jesus their entire life before they died that loved them, that cared for them. He does love you. He does care for you. But can I tell you that the same God of love is the same God of justice. And he's not going to allow anyone into heaven that is not righteous. We're going to talk to us this morning a little bit about what that righteousness, what is the metric or the measurement of that righteousness. In fact, I'll tell you now, um, it doesn't give you much hope if you're doing it on your own. 
That righteousness has a metric that's so high and a standard that's so high that it's impossible without Jesus Christ and His righteousness. And so we see here that there's a great white throne and that there's judgment that's happening there. Nobody will be able to fake it at that point. There's some of you, you fake it. I'm telling the truth. You're faking it. You're not being as real with God about your lives as you should be. I'm going to come on record and tell you there have been times in my life, in my walk with Christ, where I have faked it. I have not been always the person I should be. I'd like to think that I'm right with the Lord this morning, and I hope you are too. But do not fake it. Do not think that God is going to be deceived by your mask, by your living Christianese and walking in a Christian way and thinking that everybody believes that you're right with God when maybe perhaps you're not. The truth of the matter is, only you and God know if you're right with Him. You can put on a facade. You can, you can cover it with a spit coat of shellac. You can say, look at it now. Look at it. I am just everything that a Christian should be. But if in your heart you're not serving the Lord Jesus Christ as both Savior and Lord, God will not be faked. God will know the difference between what is gold and what is gold-plated, church. He's going to know the difference. And if you're not inside your heart right with Him, I encourage you and I implore you today to do so. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 35, we see this. We are going to be judged, if we don't know the Lord, by our own hearts. It says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men speak, they shall give an account thereof on the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be contemned. Watch this. Your heart and your mouth will tell on you. When people that have not accepted Christ or lived their lives for the Lord Jesus Christ stand before the white throne of judgment, they will not be judged by anything other than their own hearts. Right now in your hearts, you know where you're at with God. Right now with your mouth, it's telling on you. You're talking about the love of the Lord and the grace of God and speaking the praises of God or you're speaking the praises of men and the God of this world. Can you say amen? Amen. So the idea here, Jesus is telling us that our heart is producing an eternal future through Christ. Our choices do matter and that our works will be judged. Now, for the believers, there is a judgment seat and it is not the white throne. That judgment seat is called the Bema seat. Why we say Bema seat is that is the Greek word for, you guessed it, judgment. Paul does talk about judgment for the believers but it is not of your evil deeds or your sins those sins and evil deeds were judged at the cross jesus christ overpaid for your sins jesus christ overpaid for those areas of your life that are not right with god and i'll get to the end of this message to explain that a little further when we talk about books and book amen but right now, just know that there is a judgment seat that believers will appear before. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 tells us, For we must all appear before the Bema seat, or judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive things done in the body according to what we've done, whether good or bad. Understand this, 
you can do some good things with a bad motive. And those works are going to burn up. Paul later talks in Corinthians about five different elements being there. He talks about gold and precious jewels, but he also talks about wood, hay, and stubble. He said, there are things that you're doing right now that you think are good, but you're not doing them from a good heart. You're doing them from a heart that seeks some type of self-righteousness, or you're doing it from a heart of pride. You want people to see what you're doing. You want people to make sure they know that you're doing something good. How many of you know that when you do something, you do it as unto the Lord, you don't let any man know what you're doing, you don't even let your left hand know what your right hand's doing, come on, when we give, we want it to be unto the Lord. When we serve, we want it to be unto the Lord. We want it to come from a right heart. So understand that the Bema seat is not the white throne. The white throne is a place where unbelievers are judged. The Bema seat is a place where believers are judged. The Bible says immediately after the white throne judgment, Matthew 22, verse 13, Jesus says in a parable, he says, those that are judged there will be bound by hand and foot, taken away, cast into outer darkness, where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I don't know when the last time you've heard that preached in a church anywhere. People don't talk about this at all. But can I tell you, this is the big honking deal. It is the big honking deal, man, right? But nobody wants to cover this because it's like, look, man, I'm just glad you're here. I don't want you to get too scared while you are here. Well, I am glad you're here, but why are you here? How about you get the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God. How about you get something from the word of God that tells you where you need to be? All right, all right. So we know that this is not going to be on earth. It won't be in heaven. The Bible says, first of all, that the man who sits on the throne has such a power that heaven and earth flee. They fled away from him. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. Hmm. Number two, who is it that's going to be judged? By Jesus the Son. We know, the Bible says, in verses 12 and 13, I saw the dead, the great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were open. And skip down to verse 13. It says, The sea gave up the dead. Death and hell gave up the dead, which were in them. And they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Uh, imagine this. The greatest, most influential sports heroes, movie stars, the, the greatest politicians of all time, those who have been great and small, who have not received Jesus Christ, will be in a very long line of millions of people who will be shocked when they are resurrected that now they're going to stand before the person that they rejected. They lived their entire lives into fame and fortune. Their whole lives were about building their own kingdom. And now they're standing before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And there's going to be a moment where their lives are going to be played before them. They're going to see and know every one of their deeds while on earth. Then they're going to be judged, and the judgment is over just one thing. Do you know my son, Jesus Christ, or not? There will be people that will say, Lord, Lord, I knew you. I cast out devils in your name. I did miracles in your name. And Jesus is going to say to them, Depart from me, you workers 
of iniquity, I never knew you. The one thing that gets you into heaven and the one thing that keeps you out of heaven is your intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. It's so quiet in here. Well, pastor, if I could just get to know you better, what a waste. And the more I hang out with you, the more of a waste. That's my dad joke for today. Who cares who you know here on earth? Who, we don't want to know who's your daddy. Your last name isn't going to be important then. The only thing that's going to matter then is whether or not he says, that's my kid. I know her. I know him. Because if you don't have relationship at that point and your life isn't being lived into relationship with him, you're not going to be able to stand before God and say, look at all the good stuff I did. Can I just tell you, there'll be plenty of people that say, I went to church my whole life. Like, like going to Taco Bell every day makes you a bean burrito. It doesn't make you a Christian. So what, you went to church? Do you know him? There are going to be people that are going to say, look at what I gave. Look at where I parked in the church parking lot. Look at who I was in the community. Look at the people I hung out with. It's not going to matter. The only thing that's going to matter is, do you know Jesus? everything passes away from his face i want to know him now i want to know him right now i want to know him now can you say amen all right i want to show you i'm going to kind of start landing here because we got we, we've got communion and some other things to do but I, I i want to talk to you about it, it says that there was books there were books plural plural and there was a book open let me tell you why it's a bad thing that there's more than one book open you you want to be at the judgment where there's one book open right the lamb's book of life and you want to see your name written in it and for all you hyper calvinists let me just tell you there's plenty of verses including one in the book of revelation where it says you don't live for the Lord and you don't obey God's commands, your name will be blotted out of the Lamb's book of... Hello. If it can be blotted out, that means it could have been in. And now it's... Come on now. Well, let me just tell you, I said a prayer 20 years ago and that's... I'm a, I'm a complete idiot with my life, but... whoop de doo <laughs> You know, and I mean, it's, it is really that ridiculous. Because you did something religious two decades ago, or your pappy served Jesus, you think because your pappy served Jesus, you served Jesus. God don't have any grandchildren. He's got kids. That's it. You either are his kid or not. It's not multi-generational unless you pass it along. Hello. Check that out, Charlie. says they were judged by what was written in the books according to their deeds can you imagine how many people are going to stand there and in that moment they're at first they're going to come forward and they're going to say oh it's my turn well good because because i heard about this i heard about this judgment day that was coming and, and and you know i always thought it was the way we judge things on earth you know like back in kindergarten and first grade second grade third i go what kind of grade did you get well i got a b 
Oh, you got a C? Oh, well, <laughs> I got an A. And then later on in life, you know, you, you went off and you went to school and did, you know, what kind of career did you get? Well, you've got this career, but, but, but I got this one. And then we start judging later. Well, well, what's your zip code or where do you live? Or what street do you live on? And how are your kids doing? We even put that in bumper stickers, don't we? Yeah, right? My kid's an honor roll. My kid's on the honor roll. Well, congratulations. You know, if I'm reading that, I'm about to hit your car. <laughs> you ever thought about that? It's like, what are you doing? Oh, oh look at that, honey. You know? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> airbag goes off, and your, your face is all black and blue. You get out, and they get out. It's like, you hit my car. I was just amazed that your kid made the auto roll. That's all. I don't know. It's okay. I hope your kids do make the auto I really do. But we're going to get to that place and we're going to go, wait a minute, the judgment ain't like that? It's not like it was on earth? Because there were all kinds of books on earth, you know? Financial books, financial records, how your kids did in school, how you did in school, how you did out in the community. There'll be all kinds of books open here, and you're way up here in all those books. And everybody else, they're way down there. But at that moment, all these books are going to be open, and it's going to be the record of your entire life. And you're going to say, look, look, Lord, there's more pages of good than there are bad. Look at all the good pages, Lord. You know, there's about, there's about 3,000 good pages in the book of Glenn Douglas Hammonds, and there's only about 500 bad ones. It's true, you know. It's not. But look, you know, look at it far out ways, the good far out ways, the bad. And then God's going to go, okay, that, that's good. We'll put that on the side of this side of the scale of, of justice being blind. Then we're going to go to the other side of the scale, and we're just going to put one book there. And you're going to find as soon as that book goes, goes on the scale, the scale's going to come crashing down. Because the weight of that book is going to outweigh anything that's in this book. Because this book is the book of Jesus. And that book is the book of you. And in this book, the only thing that matters is, is your name inside the name of Jesus? That's all that matters. All week you've been thinking about everything other than that. Me too. But the really, the only thing that really matters is, are you in that book? You're like, come on, Pastor, calm down. Oh, he's, oh. So many of us judge ourselves to other, according to other people, comparison game, we think that's what it's going to be all about. Or we start to judge our lives and we say, well, I pay my taxes, I'm not that bad of a guy. You know, I vote Republican, let me in. No, this is how people think. This is how people think, and they couldn't be more wrong. They aren't living for Jesus at all. They're, they're on the right side of everything else other than the scale. They're not on the right side of the scale. They're over here thinking, I did all these, I pay my tithe, I pay my tithe, taxes, I raise my kids right, don't drink, don't smoke, don't date, don't date anybody that do. Let me in, Lord. God's going to say, ain't enough. That ain't enough. The only thing that's going to be enough is my son. And, and your name being in that book. 
what you did in this book doesn't matter. Now, I will tell you, there, in my opinion, there are varying degrees of the lake of fire. I believe that. I believe that there are varying degrees. But can I just tell you this, okay? I just tell you this, okay? Hot is really hot. Okay? Hot is hot. All right? I don't believe that I don't believe that judgment happens the same for everybody. I believe that that's why each individual is judged individually and they're going to be judged by their works. And there are there but listen, can I just tell you? Can I just tell you? I don't like we go to Mexican all the time. And there's always somebody that comes Amen. <laughs> yeah, me, yeah. Yeah. Amen. But uh, we go to Mexican all the time. And every time somebody goes out with us first time to Mexican, they start dumping that green sauce and they start dumping all that other sauce. on. And I'm like, why are you ruining your food? Why are you, you know? Because I can't take, I can't take a, even a little hot. Like, I'm hot right now. Some of you got blankets on. I'll just tell you this, okay? Can I, can I just tell you this? Um, I don't want any part of what's hot. I don't want any part of this at all. I want heaven. I want to be with Jesus. I want to, I want to live for, with him forever in eternity because I'm in love with him now. And it's not a get out of a hell, get out of something free card. You know what it is? It's I'm in love with him. That's why I want to be with him. And some of you are like, we're really going to praise him forever in heaven? Would you rather go to the lake of fire? Well, I don't know if I'm into praise that much. Get into it! Gosh, I don't know. Who are we judged up against? Not other people, not our own works. Acts chapter 17, verse 31, where God says, God has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man who he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising from the dead. You'll be judged on whether or not you're as righteous as Jesus. And you're not. You're not. The righteousness you have right now is Christ, not your own. Now, before somebody leaves today and says, well, Pastor, you got to tell me. Then why do bad things happen to good people? Let me help you with that. Bad things happen to good people because there aren't any good people. You're scratching your head. See, everybody thinks they're a good driver. Nobody thinks they have B.O. You're not with me. You don't get what I'm saying. Everybody's shocked when somebody has to lovingly tell them, deodorant right? Everyone's shocked when they've got to take defensive driving classes because they got their fourth ticket. I'm a good driver. Everybody's a good driver. Everybody's a good person. But that's not what the scripture says. That's not. Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, verse 18, there is no one good, but one. That is God. Are you God? Neither am I. So bad things happen because we live in a fallen world. We weren't born good. We have the righteousness of Christ, but it isn't ours. It's His. And we go through things that God even performs and works together for the good because we love Him. But stop thinking that because you've earned some points with God here on earth, 
that not only have you earned heaven, but you've earned good times here on earth. <laughs> the best people who served the Lord on earth were either beheaded, crucified, ran through, speared, thrown to the lions, the best. The best. Well, I thought, you know, God had it up a little something better for me. I mean, you know, after all, I I know Pastor Glenn. I know him. And every once in a while, you know, we do stuff and you know, and, and after all, I I help I help take up the offering every once in a while. He's he's gotta have some good for me. Certainly he does, but not because of what you're doing, but because he loves you through his son. It's not you. It's him. It's his son. We're saved by grace through faith, right? Not, not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. Not of works lest any man should boast. So let's, uh, let's wrap this up here with a little illustration. And I think you already get it, but I, um, okay, you've got, oh, what? let me see that. Did you get something here today? What did you get today? Oh, well, what's that mean? Can anybody speak Spanish in here at all? That means good. Sometimes I need to practice my questions a little bit better. It's a, yeah, I do because I yeah I got that kind of a church. Um, so, some of you got some of you got a little some of you got a little good here today. Free gift? What did you pay for this? Did you did you did you buy this? Did you did you get this just because I like you? <laughs> Let me back up the car. Um, <laughs> did I give this to you because I, I love you and are, do we have a relationship? So you didn't do anything to get this, right? So you got goodness, but it didn't come from you. All right. Now, now what if you thought you were good? Oh, you, were, you want it back? Oh, hold on. <laughs> give me my good back. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> bueno, yeah, yeah. Mui. Mui. All right. So, um, what if you thought you were good? And what if, what if, what if the good that you thought you were, right, didn't amount to the good that got you into heaven? Right? How'd you feel about that? Not so bueno? Okay. What if this was your entire life in a package? What if this was everything in a package? You raising your kids, birthing your kids, going out there and making something of yourself, working hard, sacrificing. What if this was your whole life in a package? What if this was everything you thought was good? And now you're standing before God and God's saying, I know it's good for you, but it's not enough. And what if God comes along with just one book, not books, and takes your entire life and puts it inside that one book? And now the father looks at the son and the son goes, here, father. And now all the father sees is the son. And now you're so humbled. You're brought to your knees in worship because you know now that if there's any goodness in your life whatsoever, it was given to you, imparted to you by Christ. Can I tell you how to live for God now so that you're not at the white throne judgment? Can I tell you just one verse? Please hold on to this one verse. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. 
Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Here it is. I have been crucified. Well, I have an identity. No, you don't. You've been crucified. Well, this is who I am. No, you've been crucified. Hello. Because this is this is the this is the vernacular of the age. Everybody's got their own little crazy way to identify. And I'm about sick of it. I really am. I, I just and, and there's all varying degrees. I'm not gonna pick on any of them this morning. Can I just tell you, like, listen, I love you. If you're vegan, I don't want to know about it. I don't want to know about it. If you're if, if you're if you're a Cretaceous uh, meat eater, whatever that carnivorous, great, God bless you. But but listen, I used to identify. I'm a rock and roller, or I'm a this, or I'm a that. I am crucified. I'm an American. I'm crucified. I'm this political party. I am crucified. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. Did, did you catch that? Paul said, Paul said, I'm gone. I'm crucified. It's not I that lives any longer. There'll be no books on me. There'll just be a book. And it'd be the book of life. And I no longer live. But it's Christ that lives in me. I have my rights. Who had rights? The king. And he gave up those rights. Was crucified. Was nailed to a cross. Gave his life. The Bible says he became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. There's nothing left for you or I to stand upon but Jesus. And that's how I want to live the rest of my life. You can't offend a person like that. You cannot offend a person that says, I'm crucified in Christ. You want to talk about I'm rubber, you're glue? What you're doing is to Christ, not me. I'm in Christ. You can't, listen, I, I'm, I'm lost away in Him. One book, the book of life. One book, not books. I don't want a story outside of that. As I'm watching an ambulance right now, yeah, go right down, as I'm, I'm watching an ambulance go right down that, that alleyway. Maybe you're like me. You live on this part of Finley. You hear that once every five or ten minutes. And every time I do, I wonder, is that someone? Every time I do, I'm not making this up. An ambulance just turned at the church over there. Every time I do, I'm like, is, is that another person? Are they ready, Lord? God, God, if they're still alive, if they're still alive in there, Lord, if they're, they're still alive, they're still holding on, May they, may they give their heart completely to you. May they be caught up completely in Jesus. May there be their only defense, their only plea, be the blood of Jesus. That's all I'm going to plea. I've done nothing apart from Jesus. It's only Jesus Christ that I'm going to say and know. And that is enough. And I want to tell you here this morning, if you feel like you're the person that, that has come into Christ and said, well, what could I have possibly done to earn his love? Watch this. Nothing. 
You cannot make him love you any more than he already does. And you can't make him love you any less than he already does. He loves you right now. He made that decision before you were born and before you became a little sinny. Babies don't sin. <laughs> we're all born into sin. But there's one that came, gave his life. I wonder as the worship team comes, I wonder if as they come, if we could do a little life review right now. Okay? Can we do that right now? Just make this real. What a sobering thought this morning. Any of us, any of us could go at the next minute. You're not guaranteed the next second. Only The only thing you have is right now. That's it. You say, well, pastor, you know, I, you're just a preacher. That's what preachers do. Yeah, pastor, you're just, pa you're, that's, you're just saying that because that's, that's what you do. Can I, can I tell you something? In 1927, there was a flood in Mississippi. A river flooded in Mississippi. And people were trying to get out of the city. And they were getting into their brand new buggies and trying to get out of the city as fast as they could. And a man that was caught up in that flood and almost died swam to the shore. And by God's grace, instead of going back home, getting a cup of coffee, drying off his clothes, he stood in the middle of the highway, waving his hands as the cars, when the rain was coming down, could barely see him. He risked his life. And you might say gave his life to anybody that would listen to him. Eleven more cars swerved around the man and went off the side of the bridge, and they died. At the twelfth car, someone stopped and was saved. And after the twelfth car, let me tell you, there was a thirteenth, and a fourteenth, and a fifteenth. Just by you serving God and saying yes to Jesus with your life, there is a train of people behind you. There's a train of people behind you that will be saved. It's not just about the man that's standing in the highway, waving his arms at you, saying, don't go there. It's about you stopping, giving your life, and about those that will be affected by that decision and that choice. The Bible says on that same night that Jesus was betrayed, he took up the bread, he gave sup, he broke it. He said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. In front of you are the elements this morning that we're using for communion. We'd like to invite all believers, all believers to partake today. But first we pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that your body was broken on the cross so that we might have wholeness and relationship with the Father, so that we might be healed, God. Our bodies might be made whole. Father, we thank you that Jesus stepped in the middle of the road, outstretched his arms, gave his life so that we'd stop. We were going the wrong way, Lord. It was the wrong way. The, the bridge was out. And you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to lovingly tell us to stop. Lord, we give our lives to him this morning. We repent, God of going our own way. God, we come back to you and we turn to your son in Jesus' name.
Let's partake of the bread together, church. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus also took up the cup, saying, this is my blood offered for the remission of sins. Remission means, watch this, church, it doesn't just mean that God won't make you face the penalty for your sins. Remission means total disintegration of your sins. The Psalms puts it this way. God takes your sins and stretches them as far as the east is from the west. You know, at the beginning of this message, we talked about nowhere, that heaven and earth flee away and are gone. So are your sins. Those sins that are covered in the blood of Jesus Christ, God forgives forevermore. And then the Bible does something miraculous. It says that God doesn't remember. Don't understand that. And his omniscient understanding of things, he remembers our sins no more. I can think of some I'm glad he won't remember. All of them. He says he took up the cup, he said, this is the cup my blood offered for the remissions of sins this do it as often as you drink it in remembrance of me could we stand right now and let's partake of the cup together and could we thank the Lord this morning for sending his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins let's give him praise church let's lift him up today hallelujah